You're listening to episode number eight of Strike the Match. The United States is the world's largest immigrant receiving nation in the world, and one in five Canadians is born outside of Canada. Dr. Brian Galloway, Senior Research Analyst with the International Mission Board, is my guest on this episode. We talk about a major research initiative presently underway to study the 100 largest metropolitan areas in the United States and five largest in Canada in an attempt to understand who are the unreached people groups living in North America and how we can best reach them with the gospel. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist Dr. J.D. Payne. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. You know, the United States is the third largest country in the world when it comes to issues of, of population. And uh, it does not take very long for us to look around and see such uh, diversity uh, in our cities, but not only in our cities, but in our, our suburban and rural contexts as well. And uh, one of the things that, that missiologists have been talking about for some time is, is how do we begin to understand who are the people uh, that are living in the United States and in Canada especially. Today on Strike the Match, uh, I have a, a friend that I've known for, for many years. I uh, met him years ago when I was a professor at Southern Seminary, and he was a, a, a visiting professor there as well. Uh, I have today Dr. Brian Galloway, who is the Senior Research Analyst with the International Mission Board. Uh, he's presently providing uh, leadership to a joint initiative of the North American Mission Board and the International Mission Board to identify the people groups of the 100 largest U.S. metropolitan areas and the five largest Canadian metropolitan areas. Uh, he has extensive field research, uh, having served as a strategy research associate with the International Mission Board. Uh, he uh, served with uh, with the IMB for, for 26 years as a missionary in the Asia-Pacific region. He's written books, uh, some of which include the peoples of Malaysia, Brunei, and Singapore, uh, the world as they see, and uh, his book "Traveling Down Their Ro- the Ro- Excuse Me Traveling Down Their Road," a workbook for discovering a people's worldview. Uh, so, Brian, I want to say welcome to to Strike the Match. Thanks for being with us today. Appreciate it very much. So, you are today in the Dallas Fort Worth area, right? That's right. You are cons- you've come on staff. With the International Mission Board? I'm on staff now. I retired as a missionary after 26 years and have been on staff now about two years. So are you, are you keeping Texas on the map? I'm keeping Texas on the map and trying to stay away from the home office in Richmond. <laughs> well, it, from what I've been uh, noticing on the on the, the forecasts, it, it looks like you guys have been getting hit with a lot of uh, snow and ice lately. Is that right? Yeah, we have. We finally dug out of it yesterday, though. Wow! So, about so last week it was um, it was like being in New Jersey, except we didn't have six feet; we only had four inches. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's it's amazing uh, this winter here in Birmingham, uh, where where snow is is a rarity uh, of of how we have been reacting in this city to, to to snow. I mean, I could not imagine what would happen if we received as much as as you guys have um, th- this winter. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. Thanks for giving us some time today to talk no about problem. these issues. Look forward to ch- talking to y'all. All right, so so you are 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 involved in this initiative uh, to to look at 
people groups, identify people groups in uh, the U.S. and the Canadian context. Now, I've, I've talked to people on numerous occasions, and, and, and when I talk to them about unreached people groups, many times they're surprised to hear that there are unreached people groups living in, in North America and in general, but the United States in particular. Uh, to what extent is, is this a, a reality? Well, I think first, you know, we need to go back and look at what does it mean to be unreached? Right. And yeah. and the whole whole idea behind an unreached people group is that an unreached people group is one who is 2% or less uh, evangelical. In other words, there's only there's less than 2% of evangelical Christians among that people group. Mm-hmm. The other issue that kind of goes with that is we predominantly look at people groups from an ethno-linguistic basis. But not always are people just an ethno-linguistic people group. Sometimes there's other factors or norms that determine a people group. Say, for instance, there are South Asian Indian people groups who speak good English. So they speak very good English, but they adhere to religious norms and a religious faith such as Hinduism, Mm -hmm. and that, that... religious faith reinforces their distinct people group identity. And therefore, in the U.S., what we're seeing is we're seeing people that are of Hindu faith, Islamic faith, and Buddhist faith that are migrating to the U.S., and we're seeing just uh, the edge, the edge of a movement of Buddhist temples, Hindu temples, Islamic mosques being built throughout the U.S. and Canada. And therefore, what's happening is we're seeing these unreached people groups come our way. So what is an unreached people group? An unreached people group is that person that's two percent, that people group that's two percent or less evangelical. And um, and therefore, are they here? Let me come back to your initial question. Are UPGs here in the U.S.? Yes, they are. And the interesting thing about it is they blended into our landscape. They're like hidden peoples. Now, that's, that's a good point. We, we don't often see them. Um, what, what is it that allows them to blend in uh, that, that, that causes them to be, in, in a sense, hidden? Well, a lot of times we think people come, and as soon as they get off the plane, they're going to assimilate. Mm-hmm. Right. And just because somebody's dressed like us doesn't mean they think like us, or they speak the same language as us, or they eat the same food as us, and everything. And often we just pass these people daily, never getting to know the person spiritually in the marketplace, never inviting someone who looks different into our home, who, who speaks a different language, we never get to know people who eat different things, and, uh, you know, we just pass them by. We just kind of neglect them. We just kind of get used to it. And for me, when I look at it, culture tricks us. It tricks us to want to hang out with people who, who are like ourselves. Sure, right. And therefore, what we do, we end up, you know, not practicing the Incarnation, and we don't force ourselves to go out and be among these different people. So, so I was reading that that like in Canada, like one in five Canadian citizens are, are non-Canadian born. 
Um, we have uh, pockets of peoples all over the United States, such as uh, Afghan population in Fremont, California, uh, Kurdish population in Nashville, Tennessee, Bosnian population in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, so, so we're so we're seeing things uh, that that represent really across the U.S. and Canada. These peoples are 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 spread out in many different areas. I mean, is that is that a fair way to say it? Yeah, and the thing about it is, you know, you're beginning to see enclaves like you go to Los Angeles, New right. York. You can go to other places, Chicago's, and you'll see little enclaves. But in other places, they easily blend in. But that doesn't mean they think like us, right. speak the same language, eat the same foods. And that also doesn't mean that the gospel is going to easily be transported over to them just by using a come-and-see approach. Mm. We've got to go and tell. So a lot of our churches have developed more of a come-and-see approach to where it's almost like we just pass them by, and if we invite them, or we have a big sign, or we do a big announcement on the radio, come to our events. A woman that's wearing a burqa, which you can see them in the U.S., is not going to walk into a church building. Mm. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. So, so you know, I know I can go online right now if I'm going to another country, uh, and I can I can find really good people group information. Uh, I can look at Joshua Project. I can look at Global Research. I can look at the World Christian Database. Uh, but but we do not have that information to that degree in the United States and Canada. I mean, is that is that correct? That's very correct. It's it's kind of a sad thing that that in the US and Canada we probably know less about it than a lot of our what we call restricted access countries. Hmm. And the reason why is cause as mission organizations we have predominantly been focused outside the US and Canada. And we've done a better job of understanding that environment and lostness in those places than we have in the U.S. The other thing is we predominantly, the type of research that has been done in the U.S. is dealing with more of the sociological aspect, approaching it from more of a sociology aspect, whereas this approach is more of an anthropological to where we're trying to get down to the micro of who the people groups are. What language are they speaking? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is their worldview? How are they different? And where are the barriers of the gospel between this group versus this group? And and, 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 and share, I mean, share with us, why, why is this important? I mean, why is it important that we understand who are the people groups, specifically the unreached people groups, that, that are living in, in, in North America? Well, you know... Research, in essence, focus, focus uh, sharpens our focus. Mm-hmm, right. And because these people are hidden, what we do is we just pass them by, and we assume, and we take this macro picture, and we end up thinking, oh, I know everything about the city. Whereas, you know, you get into their homes, you get into these other places, and you find out more about them. And so the reason we're doing this is we know that when we do good research, it's going to help us be better church planters. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason it's going to help us be better church planners is because our strategic needs will rise up and be more elevated to where we understand what is more strategic versus less strategic and everything. A lot of times we take kind of a shotgun approach in church planning. We go out there and we just shoot the shotgun, Mm -hmm. shoot pellets everywhere. This is more of a rifle approach saying, okay, we're going to focus upon these groups that are unreached and specifically the ones that are overseas that are unengaged and unreached and focus upon them and take a rifle approach and begin to engage them. Because when we engage them and see church planning, because of telecommunications, because of travel, they're still in touch with their family and their friends, and they're going to make a global impact into those countries that are basically restricted access countries. So so through through migration, through globalization, technology, we're, we're really seeing a blurring of the lines between North American and, and international type, type uh, activity. Is that right? Oh, yeah, because, it, you know, we're, my wife and I are very heavily involved in doing house church planning and starting congregations. And we know people that have become Christians here who now they are winning people to Christ in their homeland. Wow, that's great. And two of those countries that we're doing, seeing this happen in are actually restricted access countries wow. that, that you cannot, that they don't have freedom. So, so, they, so they, going came faith, in, they came to faith in Texas. They came to faith in Texas, and we discipled them and taught them initially, we want you to share your testimony and held them accountable to that. Mm-hmm. So... With one, it took him a while before he began to share with his family in his country because it's predominantly a Muslim country, Mm -hmm. and he was a little fearful of how they would react, but now he's sharing. Another one, they began to share, and they've already won two people to Christ, and that person is actually starting a group that's in that country. Wow, that's awesome. So we already have a group of four people that he's discipling. Wow. And so that's what it is about making, um, you know, using that rifle approach uh-huh. and making a global impact and everything. Uh, yeah, I think our sound got choppy there for a second. How many people did you say he was discipling? Four. Four people. In Praise the Lord. I mean, that is just fantastic. I mean, if we can if we can catch a vision for, for you know, who, the people that I refer to as our, the strangers next door, and recognize that they've got those social, those transnational social connections. I mean, it's a wonderful bridge for the gospel to travel across into places where yeah, many of us can't get to. Yeah, you know, J.D., I don't think people really realize. I think we've dichotomized missions as going 12,000 miles and not going 12 feet. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good word. That's really good. You know, and I think this initiative, what this initiative is about is, we yes, we want people to go 12,000 miles, mm-hmm. but we want you to go 12 feet. We want you to get on the plane mm-hmm. and go where they are, but we also want you to go to the airport and meet them at the airport. Yeah, that is great. So part of this initiative involves a web-based resource called peoplegroups.info. Can, can you tell us a little bit about, about peoplegroups.info? Yeah, right now we're, we're still in that developmental stages of the website, and it continues to be morphed as we go along and changes made almost on a, on a weekly basis. And the whole idea behind that is to cast vision of the most strategic needs. 
So initially, we started out as it being more of a repository of information. Now we're moving toward more of it being a, a, a site that cast vision of the strategic needs and to also begin to show people avenues of how they can be mobilized or go out and engage. So I know, and, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead and ask. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned cast vision um, and and to help them be mobilized. I, I know that one of the things that I saw on the site is is the opportunity for uh, your your workshops, your training. Are, yes, are, that's are, right. Are you still doing that? We're still doing those workshops. So 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 tell us a little bit about that because I know we personally uh, experienced one of those here in Birmingham with the Church of Brook Hills, but. Yeah. One, one thing on the workshops is we're actually doing two tracks of workshops. One is more for um, mission leaders and church leaders and that type of thing to help them understand just the needs that are around them and how they could, within their own church, begin to replicate workshops that are more for lay people. The other type of workshops that we're doing, which is like the one we did at Brook Hills, is more for lay people. And it's predominantly a Friday and a Saturday type thing to where we begin to cast vision of what is happening, the migrations that are taking place, how this, how they can make a global impact uh, with people groups near them, uh, as their next door neighbors, and then also uh, send them out and let them begin to be immersed with people groups on a Saturday afternoon, like what we did at your church. You know, when we went out that Saturday, we there were about forty of us that went out for about four hours, and and I remember that after that that four four hours of just being out in Birmingham. Uh, we came back and uh, put uh, the different names of the groups, the people, the nationalities that we encountered, and and we encountered 34, 34 different groups in in Birmingham in just just a short period of time, and and out of that uh, we we have actually developed uh, uh, what we're calling engaged teams. It's just kind of the in-house language that we're doing with the church, but uh, we've put together six church planning teams, engaged teams. Uh, that uh, have made a two-year commitment to try to work among uh, some different blocks of unreached people groups uh, here in Birmingham. You know, in, in we did a seminar type one here in uh, DFW at Prestonwood Baptist Church, and we had about 90 people that came to it. Wow, that's great. And so on Saturday afternoon when we went out, and then we came back, and you know how we did at your church, we did a debriefing. Mm-hmm. And the testimonies of what people saw as they went out and they became immersed, not just in a restaurant, but at a mosque or a temple or a market, or even one, two teams, one, one team went to a actual house church uh, and, and met with people. Another one went into a shaman's house. Mm and everything and had that encounter is the testimonies when they came back just kind of you know uh, a spark you know it's like the match all of a sudden began to light up and they began to glow and from that we've been able to get three uh, chinese house churches started wow, that's amazing we, we've been able to get persian work going and i'm working with 14 people now doing leadership training then their intent is to plant 28 house churches 
and they've already planted three. Wow. Uh, we're doing Arabic work, focusing predominantly on Arab Lebanese and Arab Egyptian. And then we're also doing um, South Asian Indian, predominantly among the Telugu and the Tamil people wow. groups. Praise the Lord. That is that is awesome. I mean, that's just, that's just fantastic. So uh, people can find out more about this at people groups, plural, peoplegroups.info. Is that correct? That's right. But before before I let you go today, um, I do want you to speak into to the challenges of doing such research. There there are missiologists that are listening, uh, sociologists, anthropologists that are listening that that are more bent to that research uh, uh, process and endeavor. Could you just take a moment or two, just briefly, to to to, to share with us what are the challenges of of researching? A country the size of the United States in, in population, and you know Canada, its geography that's so so large and spread out. I mean, what are some of the challenges you guys are running up against to try to uh, put this uh, initiative to uh, uh, to together? Well, you know, it it goes back to me talking about just the blindness we have and just passing by. I think one thing is because there is kind of this blindness. The greatest challenge challenge that we have is just helping people understand what the Lord is doing in bringing the nations to us, is helping them to connect the dots that, like I said, that missions is not just 12,000 miles, but it's 12 feet. And that's a, that's a big challenge, I think, and uh, helping people understand that. I think another challenge and, um, of the initiative is just getting the word out. Um, I really appreciate JD you you blogging about it you you advocating and you're a great advocate for the initiative and we really appreciate at the North American Mission Board and the International Mission Board you're you're being an advocate on that but we need more people to be aware of the need mm-hmm. we need more people to be mobilized because my view is is that more people are mobilized the more we're going to discover mm-hmm. these unengaged, unreached people groups. And the more people we train to be mobilized and go out, because you, you discover people groups as you get out among them. Right. Yeah. It's not a one-time thing. You go out, you eat in a restaurant, oh, I know who they are. Mm-hmm. No, you don't necessarily, it's an encounter, it's a relationship. Right. So I don't like to call this a project. I like to call this an initiative. It's an initiative to be on mission with God mm-hmm. and what God is doing, because God's doing some very special things in the U.S. and Canada, and I think we ought to join him. Peoplegroups.info. Uh, let me encourage you guys to check this resource out. Uh, there's information you can find out uh, about uh, the training that Brian talked about. Uh, and I'm assuming that uh, that would be a way they could get in touch with you and the people who are working with you, Brian. Is that correct? That's right. And if they want to email me, they can just email me at bgalloway at imb.org. That is, uh, I'll say it again. Yeah, spell that out for us, too. Okay, B-G-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y at I as in international, M as in mission, and B as in board. 
My guest today on Strike the Match has been Dr. Brian Galloway, Senior Research Analyst with the International Mission Board and conducting a massive, massive initiative. Uh, it's a joint initiative between the North American Mission Board, the International Mission Board, uh, to study the people groups in the United States and in Canada to help us identify who are the unreached people groups living among us that we can be better stewards at developing our disciple-making and church-planting strategies. Thanks, Brian, so much for being with us today. No problem. Appreciate it very much. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.